All right, gang. Proverbs chapter 3, that's where we're going to be tonight. You all told me already, what were the three things, the three things that we talked about last week? Pants, smart, and nerd. Close. What were the three things we talked about last week? Knowledge. What comes, what comes before wisdom? Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And, and smarty pants, yes. Now, we said, what do we define knowledge as? Facts. It's not up there yet. What do we define understanding as? Processed facts. What's wrong? You can't read it off of Courtney's notes there? And the last one is wisdom, which is applied facts. So what we talked about last week, gang, is we talked about this progression from knowledge. Knowledge is when we just know things. We talked about how we can have random facts, especially about God. We can know things about God, but just knowing those things doesn't really do a lot for us. What we've got to do is we've got to take those things that we know, those facts, and we've got to understand them. We've got to process what is the meaning of those facts. Like we know that Scripture says, when Jesus talks, he says, the Father and I are one. What is the meaning of that? Well, that's where we get into the Trinity and we talk about the power of God and the relationship. Yes, Reed? What's that? The beginning of knowledge, or fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It also says it's the beginning of wisdom. That's in two different places in Proverbs. You're right. And then we talked about the understanding after we've processed those facts and we know the meaning of those facts, then we have to actually do something with those facts. We have to apply them to our lives. If we know that Jesus and God are the same person, we know that helps us understand the Trinity, what does that mean for us? And we have to apply that to how we live on a daily basis. So if our goal is to go from knowledge to understanding to wisdom, then we need to spend a little time looking at wisdom. If that is the goal, if that's where we're trying to get, then the question then becomes, how do we live wisely? How do we use wisdom in our lives? How many of you know somebody that you consider wise? A couple of you? Now, yes, Solomon in the Bible, but I mean like today, somebody in your life. Who? Just give me one example. Okay. Okay. But he yells too much. <laughs> okay. Authoritative wise, okay. What's that? Miss Todd is wise, okay. Kevin Pham is wise. All right, we're pulling Kevin out of there. Anybody else? Kevin? Whitney Strickland is wise, okay. So wisdom, every one of us in our life, we have at least one person that we would consider wise. What is it that makes them wise? They're old. Wow, we talked about that last week. Okay, they're old. Some of them, yes. They seem to know what they're talking about. What's that? They have experience. Because remember last week we talked about a couple people that were older and had some experience, but they didn't make very wise choices. They were pretty stupid criminals, weren't they? They didn't make very wise choices. You see, there's different things that make people wise but what we're talking about is the idea that, that, yes, you can gain wisdom from life, from experience, from age, but that doesn't guarantee wisdom. The only thing that guarantees wisdom is God. 
and getting into his word. And we're going to talk about how we live wisely. We're going to look in the book of Proverbs chapter 3. There's three specific verses that give us some ideas, that give us some questions we can ask ourselves when we're trying to figure out, are we living wisely? Are we living with the wisdom that God wants us to live with? So in Proverbs chapter 3, let's start in verse 5. Here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your, your paths. You want, you want to do it, Reed? If you can quote it, say it. Good man. You forgot verse 7. Yeah, now you're cheating. Now you're cheating. Hey, y'all give Reed a hand. He knew two of them. Come on, come on now. The man's got verses memorized. All right, let's, let's, let me read them all for you. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So there's a couple questions from that passage, from those three verses that we can ask ourselves to find out if we're living wisely, to find out if we're using the wisdom of God. And the first one is this. We see it in verse 5. Is it, am I relying on God? Think about the situations in your life. If you are living with wisdom, if you are making wise choices, you need to ask yourself, am I relying on God in this situation? Am I trusting God? Am I depending on Him? It says in the verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. What does it mean to trust somebody? What does that mean? Put your total faith? Okay. What's that? What does faith mean? <laughs> okay. You depend on them. You put your faith in them. But what, what does that mean, though? Okay. Right there. Did y'all hear Lindsay? It means you know that they're going to do something. You, how many of you have somebody in your life that you trust? I hope everybody. Now, do we trust everybody to the same degree? Why not? <laughs> because people are stupid, because people are liars, because people are lying cheaters. Is that what you said? Okay. Because people are people. Yeah. Every one of us, guys, ladies, every one of us in our lives, we have people that we trust. But we also have people that we don't trust quite as much as others. In fact, there will be, there will be degrees, there will be levels of trust in your life, of relying on people. We're not talking about God at the moment, we're talking about people. For instance, there are some of you in this room that when Miss Kathleen and I have gone out on a date, you have come over to our house and you have watched our children. There are some of you in this room, I love you and I trust you, but I don't trust you enough to watch my children while I'm going out. Yes, that is you. That's, you're one of the folks, okay? See, there's different levels of trust. That doesn't mean I don't trust you. It means I don't trust you quite as much when it comes to taking care of my kids. And there's people, we do that all the time. We've got different levels of trust. And there's times where we even make the mistake, where we put our trust in people that we shouldn't put our trust in. When I was at camp one summer, I was in, oh goodness, I was in middle school. We went to a camp called Centrifuge. Have you ever heard of that before? Centrifuge. Centrifuge, Centrifuge is this camp where all, all the youth groups come in, and what they do is they take you out of your youth group 
during the daytime and you get put into a group with individuals from all these other different youth groups. That's what a centrifuge is. A centrifuge is a piece of equipment that will take all these different elements and spin really fast and mix them up. Or you can do it in the other direction and it'll spin really fast and separate all those elements. So that's the whole idea is they bring all these youth groups together and everybody's together for the week and then everybody goes home at the end. Well, we had a leader who was trying to get us to do something called a trust fall. And if you've never done a trust fall, it works kind of like this. You get somebody standing high up on a wall and they turn around backwards and they fold their arms over their chest. And then everybody else stands on the ground behind them like this with their arms out. I have not seen that on Duck Dynasty. Every, everybody, hey, everybody stands, everybody stands facing each other and you put both arms out and you basically form this little ladder. And the people on the wall are supposed to fall back into your arms and you're supposed to catch them and not let them hit the ground. Our counselor took a group of 16 middle and high schoolers and his intent was to show us how to do the trust fall. So he volunteered to go first. So he got up on the wall. And we all put our arms out, just like we were supposed to. And he yelled out, ready? And we all said, ready. He said, falling? We all said, fall. And he fell. Only we weren't expecting the weight of his body. And when he hit our arms, every one of our arms just went away, broke. And he landed flat on his back about six feet from the ground is where he started. And it hurt. And we didn't do the trust fall after that for the rest of the week. Because he put his trust in people. Hey, he put his trust in people he didn't know. He put his trust in people he couldn't rely on, and, and we let him down big time. But you see, when we talk about God, there's a difference. When we talk about this question, am I relying on God, God is not somebody that will let us down. It says, in that verse, it says, trust in the Lord, right there, with all your heart. You see, there's different degrees that we trust people, but when it comes to God, we're supposed to trust God completely. We're supposed to know that if we step off that ledge, God's going to catch us. That if he calls us to do something, that if he allows us to be in a situation, he's going to take care of us. When we, when we talk about trusting God with our whole heart, sometimes we have trouble with that because we have a... We have an intellectual trust in God. We know in our head that we're supposed to trust him. We know that he's going to take care of us. But when it comes to actually doing it, we have a hard time making that happen. We have a hard time knowing that God's really going to take care of us. But to trust in the Lord with all your heart means you give him everything. It means you fully rely on him, knowing that even when you can't figure out how the situation is going to work out, God will. Because he already knows what's happened and he already knows what's going to happen. That's why it says in Psalm 37, 5, it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. You see, scripture guarantees us that if we rely on God, that God will not let us down. And if we're going to live with wisdom, then we've got to fully rely on God. We've got to trust him with our whole heart. But then it goes on at the end of that verse 5, and it gives us the second question we should ask. It says, in verse 5, and do not lean on your own understanding. So the question right there that we should ask ourselves if we're living with wisdom is, am I rejecting my own wisdom? If we're supposed to trust in God's wisdom, then we can't necessarily trust in our wisdom, can we? Look at what it says again in verse 5. It says, and do not lean on your own understanding. 
And then in verse 7, the first part says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Have any of you ever had an idea that you thought was great until you actually did it? And it turned out to be pretty stupid. Yeah, somebody give me an example. I got to know. I knew your hand was going up first, Justin. Let's hear it. So it was raining outside. And it was me. Oh, this is funny. Man. It was me and my friend. <laughs> that just explained a lot of the story right there. We're outside swimming in the pool and it's raining like a little bit. And so I get this great idea. I'm going to skateboard off of the diving board into the pool. And I'm not very good at skateboarding. So I roll all the way up and I stop right before I get off the edge for some reason. And I kick it off. And so I jumped from the skateboard, flew back behind me. And I was face down looking at the diving board and I kind of like rolled away. Yeah, not a good idea, was it? Yeah, we we all do stuff like that. We all do stupid stuff, especially when it comes to, to wheels. All right, let's hear yours, Reed. So I was like eight years old, and you guys know the red dip machine in the weight room? In the weight room? No. The red dip machine. Yes. So I was like eight years old, and Ford and Keith Carter were in the weight room weightlifting, and my dad was there. And I thought it was a good idea. I thought it was a good idea. Yes. Oh, man. You guys, wow. You're just hurting yourselves. Hey, no. Not right now. No. All right, one more. One more. No, it has to be about you, but Jack's already got his hand up. Last one, Jack. That's that's where this came from here, huh? Yeah, see, we we all have great ideas until we actually carry them out. We all think we're smart. We think we're wise. Guys, when, when I was younger, my brother and I had these bicycles with red tires. And if you've ever ridden a bicycle where the brakes are on the pedals and not on the handles, you know if you get going fast enough and hit those, you're going to leave skid marks on the road. So my brother and I, we were doing leaving red tire marks all over the driveway. And I had the great idea, because both my parents were, were not home at the time, that I was going to ride into the garage, and I was going to hit the brakes about halfway into the garage and just leave red skid marks in the garage. I thought it was awesome. So I got at the end of the driveway, and you need to understand, our driveway was about a quarter of a mile long, and it's downhill. We were at the bottom of a hill. So I get at the top, and man, by the time I hit right before the garage, I'm going. And as soon as soon, I mean, I get right, front tire right on the edge of that pavement, and I hit the brakes. Now, here's what I did not factor. In a garage, most of the time, you have what is called a, a finish, like a polished finished floor. And that's the way my, grandpa, or my parents' garage was. So as soon as my back tire hit that pavement, my tire did not stop. And my bike kept sliding. And I slid on two wheels the entire length of the garage into the wall right by the front door. And my front tire went through the wall at the front door and made literally made a hole about a foot and a half off the ground 
about six inches wide. Oh, yeah, it left the red tire marks. But it, oh, it was awesome. But it put a hole in the wall. I thought I had it. No problem. I was in control of everything. And I got in so much trouble for doing that. Which, you want to know the funny thing? My nephew, my brother's son, put his bike tire through the exact same spot in the wall. It's still there to this day. It's awesome. Nope, nope, no more. No more. No, no. Put it down. Nope. You can do it later. See, we, we all, we all trust in our own wisdom. At some point in time, we do something and we think it's a great idea and we find out that we are stupid. That our wisdom is not what we thought it was. Because the truth is, we can't see what God can see, can we? We can't see the future. We can't see the past. We can't see all of the other factors that are working. Had I known ahead of time that that garage floor was going to be slick when I hit the brakes, I would have never done what I did with that bicycle. But see, the difference is, when we're talking about God and relying on God and trusting His wisdom, so here's, here's a pretty basic fact for you, and this may sound simple, but we have to remember this. God is God. God knows everything. God has seen our past. God knows our future. He knows everything going on around us that we don't have any clue about. And because He is God, He has wisdom that we will never have. So if we are really trusting in God, then our wisdom is not going to be what we rely on. The wisdom that we're going to trust in is the wisdom that God gives us. Because, let's be honest, God's way smarter than any of us will ever be. In fact, in Scripture, it tells us that God's way smarter than any of us will ever be. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.25, For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the, strength, or excuse me, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. God is wiser and stronger than we can ever hope to be. Even, even the most foolish part of who God is will always be wiser than we are. So when it comes to living wisely, living a life that honors God, we've got to ask ourselves, am I trusting in God's wisdom and rejecting my own? Or am I rejecting God's wisdom and trusting in myself? Yes, ma'am. It could be God intervening. It could be you making a choice based on things that you have already learned. Like if you're in a split-second decision and it says, okay, should I get in the car with a drunk person? What's your choice? Wrong call, Micah. That would be trusting in your wisdom. What's that? You would say, no, I'm not going to get in the car with a drunk person. Now, now, did God necessarily give you that choice right there in the second? Not necessarily. However, that is based on wisdom that you've gained that God has shown you through other people telling you what can happen. See, we talk about God's wisdom. It comes, and we're going to talk about more about this next week. It comes from His Word, but it also comes from other people who spend time in His Word. Other people who do have the life experience that plays into that. Yes. Stop hanging around with drunk people and you don't have to worry about it. You're splitting hairs, Micah. You're splitting hairs. If it was Biddle on drugs, I've seen Biddle on drugs. It's not that big a deal. He's not going anywhere. It's okay. He's, no, he's not going anywhere. Last time I saw him on drugs, he, well, he was asleep, so it didn't matter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But guys, guys, then it goes on. 
if we keep going in these verses, we see, we see a third question. What are the two we've asked so far? What's the first one? Thank you. If you don't get it right, you're hurting right here. Am I relying on God? Am I rejecting my own wisdom? The next one is this. Am I respecting God? Are you showing respect for God? Look at what it says in uh, verse 6, Proverbs 3, verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your straight your paths. Who's somebody that you respect? Tell me somebody you respect. Me. Okay. Tell me somebody else. Mr. Billy? Jesus. I was waiting for that answer. Your grandpa. Okay. Who else? What's that? I can't hear you. Cops. You respect cops. Do you really? So you always drive the speed limit? Okay, we'll stop there. Both coach prices. What's that? Oh, your band director. I was going to say, who's Mr. P? Your band director, Mr. P. Okay, every one of us has somebody to respect. Now, now tell me this. Tell me this. Why do you respect them? They're smart. What'd you say? They have authority over you. Sometimes you have to. Okay. They're wise. What'd you say? They're respectable. You have respect because they're respectable. What, what does that mean? They what? They'll run you after practice. I should run you after youth group. Okay. More experience than you do? They've earned it. They're like what? Their life reflects the relationship with God. Is that what you said? Okay. Yes. They make wise decisions most of the time. So, based on what you're telling me, most of the time, if those people you respect give you advice, you're going to listen to it. Most of the time. And say all the time. If you won't listen to their advice, then maybe you don't really respect them. Think about that for a second. For those of you shaking your head no, you may not actually respect that person. But the truth is, if there is somebody speaking into our life and we respect them, we got a, it's a pretty good chance we're going to listen to them. We're going to pay attention to what they're saying. Now, whether or not we actually follow that advice, we are at least going to acknowledge and show respect. It's the same thing with God. If we are showing respect to God, that means we are listening to God. That means when God speaks to us, whether it's through His Word, whether it's through other people, we're going to at least pay attention. Now, we still have to choose if we're going to act on it, but we're at least going to be respectful and acknowledge Him in all our ways. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 2. In verse 1, it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding... Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield for those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. 
Look at how many times in those, in those verses right there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different times he talks about knowledge, understanding, or wisdom in those nine verses. Eleven times. And every single one of those tells us that those three things come from listening to God. It says it right there in verse 1. If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you. When we listen to God, when we acknowledge Him, when we respect Him, we gain knowledge and understanding and wisdom because we take what He says and we put it into practice. Most of you, I hope, you show respect to teachers. You show respect to your coaches. If you work, you show respect to your boss. All of those people can help you become a wiser person. But even their wisdom can't take you to the level that God can because God is where it starts. That passage in Proverbs, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, every single one of those comes from God. So when you're trying to decide if you're living wisely, you've got to ask yourself, am I respecting God? Am I listening to God? Am I understanding? Am I gaining that knowledge and that wisdom from God first before everybody else? And then there's one more question we can ask ourselves. Tell me the three questions. I gotta stop putting these on the screen, make y'all actually listen. The last, that's right, I'm not actually putting them on the screen. The last one is this. Am I repenting of sin? Is there something in my life that I need to repent of, that I need to tell God I'm sorry for? Look at what it says in Proverbs 3, the last part of verse 7. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now let's, let's just be honest for a second. Sin is fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. If sin wasn't fun, it wouldn't be so attractive. If we didn't have a good time sinning, if we didn't have a good time doing the things that honor us and don't honor God, we wouldn't be so involved with sin sometimes. But the truth is, we enjoy it. And the reason that we enjoy it, the reason it's so much fun, is because even for a brief moment in time, even if it's just a brief moment, for that moment, our entire focus, our entire world is on me or it's on you. Everything becomes solely about us for that brief moment in time. And when it's like that, when we are focused on us and solely us, we can't be focused on God, can we? We can't be actively seeking sin and pursuing that in our lives and at the same time actively pursuing God. Scripture tells us it's talking about money, but it's talking about how we can't serve two masters. The principle remains the same. We can't serve sin and seek it and live there and camp out there and yet at the same time seek God and trust Him and rely on Him and respect Him when our number one priority is us and the sin in our life. That's the question we've got to ask ourselves. Am I repenting of sin? It says evil. These things cause us to turn away from God. That is exactly the opposite of what we saw in Proverbs chapter 2, isn't it? When it talks about seeking, receiving His words, treasuring up His commandments, making your ear attentive, calling out for insight, raising your voice for understanding, you can't actively pursue sin and do those things. We like to think we can, but it doesn't work. So the question becomes, is there sin in my life that is causing my focus to be on me instead of on God. And if there is, am I repenting of that sin? What does the word repent mean? 
to turn away from. It means instead of pursuing sin, I'm going to turn my back to sin and I'm going to pursue God. That's what that means. If we are going to live wisely, if we're going to live the way God intended us to, to glorify him, then we've got to turn towards him. Then we've got to rely on him. We've got to trust him. We've got to trust his wisdom instead of our own. That's how we do that. Now, we talked about last week how we go from knowledge to understanding to wisdom. It's those daily choices. That's where the wisdom shows up. In the situations every single day, do I go to that party? I don't know. Should I? Do I look on my friend's test while they're taking their test and just because I don't remember the answer? Do I say the words that need to be spoken when nobody else will speak up? Do I keep my mouth shut when it's time to do that as well? Those small, everyday, individual decisions, that is where we carry out the wisdom that God has given us in our life. That is where we have the opportunity to take the facts that we understand and apply them. So that's the question for you tonight. Are you asking those questions? Every single day, am I relying on God? Am I rejecting my own wisdom? Am I showing God respect? Am I repenting of the sin in my life? That's how we follow Him. That's how we live wisely. And that's my prayer for you guys. Every single one of you in this room lives a different life than I do. Every single one of you lives a different life than every single other person in this room. And only you know how God's wisdom applies to your individual situations. But my prayer for you is that these are the things you're asking. That God's wisdom is what you're seeking. Because every single day, as you seek God's wisdom, as you live it out in the choices that you make, guess what? You become that person that is wise. You become that person that is respectable. You become that person that other people will look to when they look to the Word of God and look for a wise person to help them walk through life. That is the opportunity that each one of us has. And then you get the chance to share Christ with people and share with them what God has done in your life and how you gained wisdom. Even when there's mistakes you've made in the past, just because you've made mistakes doesn't mean you have to live defined by those mistakes. Those are things you learn from. You gain knowledge. You gain understanding. You gain wisdom. And God helps you move on to the next step. Are you living wisely? Are you making wise choices? Are you seeking to honor God? Those are four good questions to help you do that. Let's pray.